Hi, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky. On October 30th, Teladoc Health completed its merger with Livongo. With the merger complete, Dr. Lou Levy now serves as Teladoc Health's Chief Medical Officer, Medical Policy and Quality, and Dr. Bamal Shah serves as Teladoc Health's Chief Medical Officer, Product and Analytics. The following is a conversation we had with both gentlemen. You'll find it very energizing and full of great information. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. We told you last episode about Suki, the AI-powered, voice-enabled digital assistant that saves you 76% of time on medical documentation. That translates to up to two hours per day. What would you do with that extra time? Doctors tell us they go home early to see their family. They might go to the gym. They take their wife to see a play on, don't tell you, a weeknight. They take their husband out for a nice dinner. They make it to the school play. Their nights are now again their own, and pajamas are actually used for sleeping. Go to get.suki.ai to learn more. Hi, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky. I'm the founder of a company called Ionia Healthcare Consulting. We focus on conversational AI and digital medicine. I am joined today by my co-host, Reed McClellan. Reed, say hi and tell us what you do. Hi, Matt. It's great to be here with you today. I'm the CEO and founder of Cortina Health. We are a healthcare technology company focused in the field of artificial intelligence with a vision to restore the care in healthcare and improve quality of life for both patients and physicians. Reed, I'm glad to have you on as always. We have two really important guests today. Um, The two firms that they represent, I would call uh, the heavyweights of digital medicine right now. Um, They're both smiling as I say that, and I'm giving them a lot of credit. What they do is really interesting. The relationship they formed is really interesting. Um, I know we're going to have a lot of listeners sort of kind of hanging on to have hear what they have to say. Uh, I want them both to introduce themselves tell us their role and the companies they represent. And then we'll start with some Q&A and uh, have a nice coffee conversation this afternoon. Lou, let's start with you. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much. And it's really a pleasure to be on today. I'm Lou Levy. I'm the Chief Medical Officer for Teladoc Health. Uh, My own clinical background is practicing general medicine in the Boston area for the past 32 years and uh, teaching over at Harvard Medical School, as well as in the internal medicine program at the Brigham and Women's Hospital. I've been in digital health for the past uh, 12 years, and as you alluded to, I'm super excited about the budding relationship that we have with the upcoming merger between our company, Teladoc Health, uh, with Livongo. Well, we're glad to have you once again. Uh, Lou, you've been uh, someone we've cultivated a relationship with over time, uh, from the conference at Harvard Med School to other interactions and our previous podcast, so thanks for joining us once again. And then our other guest from Livongo. Yeah, thanks so much, Matt and Reed. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, I'm the, the, I say I'm the Lou Levy of Livongo. So I'm the chief medical officer at uh, Livongo. I'm a practicing cardiologist. Um, still see patients um, here in my faculty practice where I'm a clinical assistant professor at Duke. Um, did uh, my you know, medical training at Duke, my um, residency training at Stanford, and then came back to Duke for fellowship and was on faculty for a number of years before 
uh, about seven or eight years ago going into the private sector. So I've been at Livongo now for three years. And as Lou said, we're really excited about uh, the next uh, you know, iteration of our two companies uh, coming together in this space. Well, the country and the world's talking about it. I want to start with one of your colleagues, Dr. Shaw. And Lou, I want you to listen to this because I want you to answer this question too. Uh, Jennifer Schneider. Uh, she's quoted as saying the following things. Virtual healthcare is growing and it's getting to the point now where you're not going to hate it. What does it mean to you when you hear a clinician say to a group of patients or a consumer class that you're not going to hate this anymore? What comes to mind and how does this relationship solve that problem of disliking the care you were getting going to the big parking lot, paying the $7 to park, having to walk through the labyrinth, dodging David Bowie on the way to your clinic, and finally getting there um, to see who you needed to see. What, what comes to mind there when you hear Jennifer say that? Um, it, it, uh, it's a great summation of what, what I have felt has been broken healthcare for past 15 years, as I think we all also, as consumers in this marketplace, have seen how you know content has been reorganized by the internet, how communities have been reorganized, how entertainment, commerce, and more recently, even um, banking, like when was the last time that you actually stepped foot in a bank? And, and so this, this notion of you're gonna drive 20 to 30 minutes to this obscure building um, and then end up waiting an hour um, at least, um, I think sometimes an hour is like a, a gift to see a physician for 10 to 15 minutes. He's gonna give you a whole bunch of information that, that you're not gonna have time to process um, and send you on your way, driving back home 20 or 30 minutes and in some cases, I haven't come back again, you know, in two or three days or a week because you've got to get lab tests or imaging tests done. Seems so, um, you know, sort of disconnected from how we live our lives today in terms of the immediacy of the things that we're able to get, you know, at our fingertips. And so, um, you know, I think this is what Jennifer was talking about. And I think, Matt, you alluded to just so nicely is um, the experience of interconnectivity um, through now wearable sensors, uh, software that uh, personalizes messages to you um, and always on connectivity uh, through the cloud uh, um, is starting to make its way into healthcare. And, and COVID-19 has only accelerated people's view and notion of what's possible um, in healthcare that to date uh, was just a myth um, um, or a vision. It is absolutely accelerating it um, from everyone we've been speaking to. Um, and of course, you all are walking this walk. Um, the acceleration is happening before we're ready. Um, so it's really an exciting time. It also can be harrowing, right? If you're not prepared for it. Lou, when you hear Jennifer say consumers and patients aren't going to hate healthcare anymore because they're their access that they can get, what, is, what comes to mind for you, especially in terms of Teladoc and Livongo? Sure. So I think that people often talk about how virtual care makes access so much easier. And they often frame this in terms of a conversation around what you might consider medical convenience. Um, and I'd like to just draw out the issue that it's not just a question of convenience, it's really around the quality of care. So on the telemedicine side, we see many individuals who seek care and they end up having pretty serious medical problems like a recent case where the individual uh, actually had some vague chest discomfort and a little shortness of breath and ended up having multiple blood clots in his lungs. And he would have just 
probably waited it out at home with really a life-threatening medical condition. And on the Livongo side, uh, you're really talking about individuals who for the first time in their lives are taking care of these problems around blood sugar control, blood pressure control. So they're really getting the care that they need because we've made it easier for them and have lowered a number of these barriers uh, which are traditionally put in the place and make care most difficult. And as you might imagine, during the time of COVID, all of these issues have been highlighted. So if you are at home trying to do your telecommuting, also trying to teach your kids at the same time who might be doing their own remote learning, it may not be the easiest thing for you to decide that you need to take you know, a bus to a train, to a train, to a bus in order to get to a medical appointment to have somebody review your blood sugars with you. So to make that care possible, particularly in this time, just makes all the sense uh, in the world. Yes, it does. I mean, it absolutely flows logically that the partnership you have and what you're going to be able to offer people from a quality perspective um, optimizes their life. You know, diabetics and diabetes is a growing epidemic. We've been talking about it for a long time. I've heard it said one time that instead of looking to what you add to a process to make it better, look at what you take away. A little bit of cognitive gymnastics for both of you gentlemen, but what about this partnership when it comes to diabetes? Are you taking away from the patient to make their lives better? Sure. So uh, one thing uh, that we are uh, taking away, uh, I think, is really uh, that uh, coordination of care, which can sometimes be somewhat complicated. So uh, currently, you know, if one has access to the Lavango services, uh, there may be a point at which perhaps you need a lab test. Maybe you need to have a medication added to your hypertensive regimen. Perhaps it's time to get started on another agent for your diabetes. So right now, uh, many individuals might not have a relationship with a primary care provider. So one has to go through the exercise of really navigating to try to find a doctor that would have reasonable access for that individual to then get those next steps in their care. So I think what we're taking away is a lot of the complexity involved with is this person in network? Are they out of network? Because we are going to be able to have the clinical team really helping the member in terms of their next steps in their care with the coming together of these two companies. You also alluded to the fact that uh, the obesity epidemic is by no means the American epidemic, uh, but that we are seeing these kinds of problems globally. So I think another exciting uh, feature of the relationship is uh, the fact that Teladoc Health today has a very large and significant global footprint. In fact, next week, uh, we'll be having our global medical directors uh, meeting, virtually, of course, but you know, over 40 of our clinical staff from around the world will be joining discussions to learn more about many of our recent acquisitions, such as Livongo, and also in terms of InTouch Health, the leading hardware and software company that closed uh, in July of this year. So we really see ourselves in the business of not just providing care, but also helping providers 
provide virtual services for their own patients through our technology as well. But Bimal, perhaps you have something to add to just what are we taking away from patients? Yeah, Lou, and I think you, you set it up uh, really well, and I'm going to take it from a different vantage point of what, you know, what we've done really successfully, and I think what the Teladoc um, integration is going to do is accelerate this, is that we, we've taken away a lot of the friction um, that people experience in managing their day-to-day -day chronic condition. And so that, that has been always our focus. So, so the first thing is this friction of having to pay for strips and supplies after you run out. Of, of the 90 strips you have. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever when the recommendation is to check multiple times a day, not once a day. The second is making it seamless and easy to share your blood glucose information um, with your provider. So we allow our members to do that directly off their meter, from a mobile app, from the web portal. And you can imagine now, um, uh, to, to Lou's point, you know, all these hundreds of, tele, thousands of teledoc doctors we're gonna have instant access to our members' blood pressure information, their blood glucose information, uh, their activity data to really make smarter decisions about how to manage those individuals um, in, in a virtual care environment. Um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, I wouldn't say we've taken away, but we've added a layer of comfort to our members, right? So we provide them access to coaches 24 seven. You have a coach that will reach out to you when you trigger a, a low or a high reading um, on our platform. And, and then finally, um, you know, with the Teladoc integration, because this information is flowing continuously and instantaneously with high fidelity, uh, we can really uh, shorten cycle times um, for our members to get information about the things that they need to do relative to their care. Um, if there's a Teladoc provider um, on the other end who's constantly monitoring that information and can prescribe um, you know, the exact treatment, refills, a lab test, and not wait the traditional six months uh, for somebody to wait to come back in and, and, and look at, at old data. And the vision also is how do you enable all, all, all this with also AI and machine learning to once again, uh, take some of that burden, not only off the physician, but also in a physician's view, uh, to, to highlight the, the information that's really important and provide those recommendations that that um, physician needs to, to provide to optimally care for that individual to drive improved outcomes. So um, it's a little bit of both. So removing a lot of the friction, but also enhancing the experience that not only the, the member um, receives, but also um, you know, enhances the ability to make really smart clinical decisions for the teledoc providers. So uh, following off of Matt's question a little bit and uh, circling back around to the president of Livongo, Jennifer Schneider, you know, she was also quoted as saying, and I think we all could agree with this, that there's a lot of waste in healthcare. And so because of y'all's partnership, she believes that over the next five years, you guys are going to be able to trim a lot of that waste out completely. Can you share with us a little bit about that roadmap on how you're going to actually trim the fat? So I would say that, uh, again, it's what we're really looking to do is reduce the barriers to care. So I think that there's been a lot of attention uh, recently around the social determinants of health. And so as we go forward uh, as a joint company, we're really going to be looking at all different types of uh, populations globally 
And when we are identifying these populations, we're going to be looking very carefully at the barriers and seeing where we can go in terms of really making it as easy as possible for individuals to get the right care at the right time in the right setting. As you might imagine, uh, because our uh, merger has not yet finalized, we are somewhat restricted in terms of really getting into a lot of the tactical details uh, in terms of the companies coming together. Uh, we are going to be embarking upon that work once the merger closes, which we are looking forward to sometime in November. Yeah, and I'll just add to Lou there, and once again, back to the examples that we both gave is, um, you know, how do you take um, structures that are enabled by our, our, our current um, reimbursement uh, paradigms uh, of requiring episodic care as opposed to care when it's needed and how it's needed um, in the most efficient manner? And so a lot of that doesn't always need to be predicated on a face-to-face -face visit in person with the provider. Um, some of it can be, you know, a, a virtual visit. Some of it can be an asynchronous um, opportunity to interact with our members, and some of it can be a pure digital. And so as you think about that now as the care um, paradigm, as opposed to here's a patient that needs to walk into a clinic with the overhead that's associated with that and all the um, nuance um, uh, that you have to supply in order to facilitate that interaction that may or may not be required, um, I think is in essence what Jenny was getting at, and how do you streamline this in a way that, once again, you optimize uh, in an omni-channel approach to meet the member where they are and, and deliver the type of care they need, as opposed to, to a one-size-fits-all approach um, for every single person every three, four, six months at a time. So, Lou, uh, I have a question that's really is kind of focused on Teladoc at the moment. Um, unfortunately, we've had a lot of disasters um, over this year of 2020, but I've noticed, and I'm, I really want to applaud Teladoc for this, that wherever I see a natural disaster, whether it be the wildfires in California or the uh, Hurricane uh, Sally that was recently affecting the Gulf Shores, you guys come in and state that if that population is affected, you will offer virtual free primary care, which is truly amazing uh, to those populations. At the same time, you can imagine that they have, uh, I'm sure, a lot of psychological damage at the, uh, that they would be looking for. Do you also offer free counseling? And if not right now, does uh, Teladoc have a future of doing that when it, it does come to natural disasters? Yeah, so uh, we uh, currently, as uh, you know, uh, Reed, and thank you for the shout out. So we have a very longstanding relationship uh, with the Red Cross uh, to deliver our services uh, virtually. Um, and as you know, as part of our services, we do have uh, fairly robust uh, mental health offerings as well. Uh, we have uh, in the past had occasion to also offer our uh, mental health uh, services uh, uh, at uh, reduced cost uh, to uh, individuals. Uh, so that is something that we are always considering uh, in terms of what we can do to help out uh, sort of society at large. And, and Lou, I may just add, Matt Reed, if you don't mind, uh, this, this is why um, 
uh, I'm excited about uh, the coming together of the two companies. We're, we're both so mission-oriented that um, it's sort of in the same vein that, that Lou mentioned, when, when the COVID crisis uh, hit and uh, we had you know, orders across the, the country to shelter at home, uh, one of the things that we quickly recognized through our own data what was increased stress tags coming off of our meter, decreased activity, and within two weeks, our, our behavioral health team put together a COVID-19 um, resource page on our MyStrength platform, which is our behavioral health platform. And we offered that out to our existing clients and members at no charge. Um, you know, once again, understanding that, um, you know, this crisis was causing, um, you know, significant um, impact on the well-being that does have downstream effects um, on their ability to manage their weight, their diabetes, um, their blood pressure. And so, you know, just philosophically, it's amazing um, uh, of how much um, synergies there's going to be just uh, in the mission of the two organizations. You know, I think that we need to think about closing this conversation up just a little bit here. Um, we've had bright conversations from each of you. Uh, we've had as far into the circle of contributions we can go without breaking the secret code of trust for the new relationship forming. Um, Dr. McClellan is always spot on with your questioning. Um, last question to both of you is healthcare is growing and you have tools here to treat lots and lots of people as more and more access grows virtually. How do you do it with high quality and humanness? And maybe to answer that, just offer us your closing statement for today. Yeah, you know, I'll start just quickly. Um, that's been, um, I think, core to our uh, motto and our program from the get-go is number one, um, making sure that we never lose that um, human connectivity. And that's why our, our coaches are such an integral, important part of all of our programs and platforms. Um, and then two, you know, I think we gave you a little bit of a preview of how ha having access to high fidelity information that's longitudinal in the hands of physicians is going to really impact the ability to make smarter clinical decisions for people with chronic conditions. And so um, I'm excited about what this is to be able to do, not only for the experience for members, but to drive improved outcomes. Dr. Levy, your final takeaway. Yeah. So, Matt, you know, core to the Teladoc Health mission is providing easy access, not just to medical care, but really to the finest medical care globally. That is really what is our guiding light in terms of our expert medical opinion programs, our telemedicine programs, our treatment decision support programs, our mental health programs. And with the emerging uh, merger with Lavango, it will still be our guiding light that we always want to be measured by the quality of the care that we are providing to individuals globally. Uh, with the very extensive data science team that uh, is part of the Lavango organization, I think that we are going to have a unique opportunity to really place AI front and center in terms of our efforts as we really look to make global care, high quality care, in a scalable solution going forward. I really appreciate the time of you and uh, Reed today, and thanks again for having us on your program. Thank you.